Welcome to the Living Faith Fellowship Conference podcast. The Living Faith Fellowship is a peer network of like-minded churches united under a single biblical authority and one common mission. You're about to hear a message from one of the many conferences hosted by the Living Faith Fellowship every year. We pray it's a blessing. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Now, Ecclesiastes is a strange book, perhaps, to go to, to to figure out how to finish strong. Because if you know anything about Ecclesiastes, it is life under the sun. So it, 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 it is a, you know, a lot of people think it's Solomon's, like he's reviewing his life, maybe regretfully. Okay, but you have that phrase, under the sun under the sun, under the sun, and, and it's all vanity under the sun. So you read things like, well, you know, the water is flowing into the sea, but the sea's never full. Just things just keep on going, and that's life under the sun. And, and of course, for us, we're not only under the sun, we're seated in heavenly places, and we have that transcendent reality that we live. However, in this book, of Ecclesiastes, which just makes us sigh a little bit, like, yeah, it is all vanity. Like, I eat, it's six hours later, I'm hungry again. Like, what happened to my last meal? It's just oh, the same thing over and over again. But in Ecclesiastes 9, there's this, this little passage, which is like a bright spot. And, and, and read with me in verse 7. We're going to read 7 and then down through 11. It, it reads like this. Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart. For God now accepteth thy works. Let thy garments be always white, let thy head lack no ointment. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of thy life of thy vanity, which he hath given thee under the sun, all the days of thy vanity. For this is thy portion in this life and in thy labor, which thou takest under the sun. See all those under the sun. Okay, verse 10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. Neither yet the bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. So here is an admonition to do whatever you do with all your might. Because the race isn't necessarily to the person who you think is going to win that race. And so for us, the question that we start with, because everybody wants to finish strong. I mean, that's just like in us because your chances like you could finish strong, you could finish weak, or you could just kind of tepidly, like, I don't know. But out of all your choices, we all want to finish strong. But I, I just want to start with this. We're not going to finish strong if we don't know what we're finishing. Like what, like, what is it that we are finishing? So, so go to the next slide here for me. So that's our key question number one, is what is it exactly that we're finishing? And, and, and we're, we're kind of talking, you know, the metaphor is a race. 
So we need to know what is the race that we're finishing and races, because that's what it says in Ecclesiastes. I mean, I'm not just making that up. I returned and saw under the sun. It's talking about the race. Okay, so we're all headed toward the grave. But yet there is a race that we're, that we're running. So there's four times that word race is found in the Bible. So that's one of them in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. And, and in that passage, we saw time and chance happeneth to them all. Okay, so any Tour de France fans in here? You guys know about the Tour de France? Okay, it's the, it's the biggest race in the world in terms of people watching this race. It is a multi-stage bicycle race through the country of France. Sometimes we'll go into some neighboring countries. But they take the very best cyclists in the world. So to even qualify to race in the Tour de France, you're going to have to have a, a genetic physiology, a VO2 max that's like, 70 80 90 you're going to have to be a freak genetic special uh, like anomaly not only that you're going to have to make your way on to one of these teams in the world the training is intense these guys when they ride they burn between 6000 and 8000 calories an hour and they do this stage after stage day after day after day all through the month to to do these different races so Top-level athletes, they don't all finish the race. You know why? Because time and chance happens to them all. So, for example, in 2022, there's 176 Tour de France riders began the race. 41 of them, of the best athletes in the world who've been training for 10 years at altitude, making it onto these teams, 41 didn't finish. They knew what their race was. They knew where the finish line was. However, time and chance happened. So what happened? COVID happened to some. Bike crashes happened to some. There were knee fractures. There were spinal fractures, multiple collarbone fractures. There was a glute muscle tear. How'd you like to be riding your bike and tear your, your butt muscle? That just, that just sounds so painful. Oh my goodness. Some fell off just to a, due to attrition. In other words, it was too hard and too hot for too long, and they just didn't make the cutoff time. So 41 of these didn't make it because time and chance happened to them all, and that could happen to any of us. We're going to find out today. There's people who do not finish in the race that is set before them. Okay, so how else is this used? Let's go on. Like, uh, like. Here's the Grayling Reach 5K. We're raising money for orphans and, and, and fatherless around the world. So that's our, that's our starting line there. So, all right. Psalm 19, verse 4 through 6. This is one of the places where race is found. And here's what we see. Their line has gone throughout all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. In them he had set a tabernacle for the sun which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to a race. His going forth is from the end of heaven and his circuit unto the ends thereof, nothing hid from the heat thereof. I wanted to read that verse and put it up here because 
It's like the sun coming up and the lines are already laid out. The circuit is already there. The tabernacle is set and here comes the sun rising over the horizon like a strong man ready to run a, uh, to run a race. And the thing I want to point out here in these verses is we're going to see that the race is already set. The race course, the, 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 the pathway is there. The sun didn't decide what the race is going to be. The sun just comes up and it's already set, ready to go. Let's go to the next verse. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 is another place where the race is referred to in Scripture. We're going to be reading, we're going to be in Hebrews 12, 1 quite a bit. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about, we're surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is what? Race is already set. So I'm not determining like what the race is going to be. I'm just supposed to go run the race. Make sense? Okay, and then and then last verse here, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 23 through 25. Paul says, and this I do for the gospel's sake. So the context is the gospel here. That I might be partaker thereof with you. So, so I want to partake of the gospel and I want to do this with you all, he's saying. So it's us. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run. Wait a minute. You see what Paul just did? He, he lumped us all together, and then he starts talking about this race, and then he just puts us all in race. What is the race? Well, it's, the, it's being a partaker of the gospel. Oh, by the way, you're running that race. So this is how we should run. Okay, so, so run that you may obtain. Every man that striveth for the mastery, okay, to strive for the mastery in your King James Bible is to do what? What's it mean, strive for mastery? Means to do sports, to do athletic events. You're trying, you're competing, you're striving to win. That's what that phrase means. So everyone that does that is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. Okay, so you don't want to be like, like me and Christine in September of this last year. In September of last year, I, I had to go to a conference in Wichita, Kansas. So we're staying in this hotel where near the conference area. And it had a little river walk trail. So we decided to go for a jog. We want to be healthy. We're staying in a hotel. We're eating out. And we just wanted to try to stay healthy. So we go for a jog in the morning. So Christine and I are just jogging on this river trail, having a nice time, um, taking it easy. And all of a sudden, here comes all these people. Here goes like this really fast guy speeding by us. We're like, wow, that guy's really moving. Then here comes some other really fast people and they're just running, they're, they're running. So we look and, and we, we look back and there's like hundreds of people. And we found ourselves running in the midst of, of this race. And so we're like on the race course running. We didn't know it wasn't blocked off or anything. And so, so Christine and I, we like, we speed up. We have no idea what race we're running. We don't know how far this is. We don't know with whom we're running. 
I mean, for all I know, it could have been something I wouldn't support or like, I mean, I don't know. I didn't know what race I was in. I, and, and, and like, that's how a lot of Christians live their lives. They just all of a sudden find themselves in a group of people that seem to be running, but they don't know how to define the race. They don't know kind of who's qualified to run. They, they don't know where they fit in. Because I don't know how fast to run. So I don't want to be like the last person to finish. But I also know I can't run like those really fast guys very far. I don't know how far it is. So I can't figure out my course, particularly in this race, without getting some more data. Make sense? Okay, so what we're going to do now, we're, we're going to look at what is the race that we're called to. And then particularly, how do we figure out our own course within this race? And then what does the finish line look like? And so what does that what insight does that give us? And so, first of all, we looked at these verses. And, and if we just want to focus on 1 Corinthians 9 for a second, this is so helpful because what we see in it is that the race of every believer is the same. Same as what goes in your blank there. The race of every believer is the same. And that is to partake in the gospel ministry of reconciliation. So if we, were, if we were to go in 1 Corinthians and go back a little bit, we would see that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. We have the word of reconciliation as, as ambassadors for Christ. In Christ's stead, we're supposed to tell people, be reconciled unto God. We've been given this, and that is the same for every single believer. This it, Here it is, partake in gospel ministry and run that race like like you're trying to win. Okay, so we'll talk about maybe some specifics of that in a little bit. But the first point, the first key point here is that we are runners in this race. So my son-in-law, man, love him to death. He, uh, he James 5 has been running. James and I were looking at 10Ks. We found one and, and, and we put it out there like, hey, anyone want to do this 10K in January? Jeff's like, yes. Jeff Gracier signs up. He's like a runner. And then he signed up his wife, my daughter, without asking her. It's the baby's, you know, nine months old. And then the other three children they have are at different stages from six down to two. Okay, so Jeff just signed her up. Praise the Lord, right? Kylie did not know she was running in a race. She didn't know she'd been registered to, to run the race. Okay. You say, hey, I didn't sign up to run a race. I just came to a session, and this one seemed appropriate as a breakout session. Well, look, you didn't sign up to be in the human race either. But here you are. God signed you up to be in the human race. And you know what? When, when you were born, you were born in the human race. When you were born again, you were born into the gospel race. You're like, that's not my idea. Well, none of it's your idea. It doesn't change the fact that you are, like Paul says, to run the race like you're trying to win. And I just think we have too many Christians who don't know you're supposed to run like a racer. 
I think a lot of people are like Christine and I, and they just find themselves running alongside other people. It's like, how far are you going? I don't know. How fast are you going? I don't know. How would you define this race that you're running? I just started, like, I just went for a jog. Like, I just signed up for discipleship. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm like, here. I don't. Okay, so we, we can figure this out specifically. So the race is the same for everybody. However, your ministry is different. We went around and we did introductions. So you work with widows and, and you teach in LFBI. And you're a missionary in Zambia and, 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 and you work with the children's ministry and you go to the prison ministry. And we have all these different, it's the same race, but it's different courses. So, so let's switch from just looking at what is the race. Let's look at our courses. That word course is found. 12 times in your New Testament, and it's used four different ways. Now, if we can just focus long enough, these four different ways will give us insight into understanding my particular course in this race that we've been given. So let's let's jump in. First of all, the word course is used as a term of service or a rotation. So we see that, for example, in Luke chapter 1. In Luke chapter 1, we read this. There was, in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia. Okay, jump down. Verse 8. And it came to pass when, while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course. So that is describing just what it sounds like. He's like, oh, I got February. Who's got March? Some, you know, and these things they didn't actually volunteer, but it was. If you you can go back in First Chronicles and you can see which people group, which family of the Levites had their particular course or their rotation, and that's one way that we see this word used. And here is a point of application from that. Okay, and this is key point number two. Your time is your term. Zacchaeus, he served when it was his turn to serve. What we have is this life that God has given us, and generationally, that philosophy of ministry that's been passed down from generation to generation to generation that we talked about, those people that went and propagated that, well, now it's our turn. So your time on earth, it, th this is your term in which you've been given to serve. Okay, that word is also used as a the, the word course is also used as a route or the pathway it's it's the line on the map you know the, the little red arrow line that takes you from one city across the ocean to the other city in acts 16 11 therefore lucy from troas we came with a straight course to samothracia and the next day to neapolis all right so we have acts 21 verse 7 after that, we took a straight course unto Kus. And when we had finished our course from Tyre, we came to Ptolemus. So, so they, they, the course is the particular route that somebody took going from one place to another. Okay, another way this word is used as an outworking. Okay, this, this is a little bit different. And what I mean by outworking is if you set something up, you establish kind of the way something works, 
and then you set that thing in motion. Okay, there is a course that will be the outworking of that which is established. I probably can just read the verses and explain it better. Ephesians chapter one, uh, Ephesians chapter two, verse one and two. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in time past you walked, here it is, according to the course of this world. Okay, the course of the world. That's the outworking of the world in its fallen state. Similarly, in James chapter 3, verse 6, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature. So nature just has this natural way of working based on what's set up. And so there is a course, which is a natural process type outworking of what's been established. Okay, finally, the last way that this word course is used in our Bibles, puts all the rest of these things together. And is a believer's race specific. So we all have the same race, but, but your race looks a little different than mine. Why? Well, because the outworking of that thing which God began in you, in your situation, looks different than the outworking of, of, of what God has done in me. So how he's gifted you and your church structure and your circumstances and his leading in your life has led you to have a particular pathway as you run the race of being a partaker of the gospel ministry. You guys with me so far? So here's, here's what we read about a believer's race specifics. Paul says in Acts 20, 24, none of these things move me, neither I count my life dear unto myself so that I may finish my course with joy and the ministry which I've received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Second Timothy one, I'm sorry, Second Timothy four seven. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Key point number three: You need a clearly charted course for completing the race that is set before you. And if you don't have clarity on your course, then how would you even know if you're going to finish it or not? Like, how would, how would you even know that? So the course, so the kind of the key question, what is this race? Well, we know what the race is. It's the same for everybody. It is to be a particular gospel, partaker of the gospel ministry. But in terms of your course, let's go to the next slide. The course of every believer is different. It's how he or she runs the race set before them during their term, during your course, your order. The outworking of what God's done in your life should have a, a clear pathway to the finish line. And how this is how you are going to run that race as God works in and through you to accomplish his good pleasure. Okay, so here's a, here's a point of application. Here's a recommendation of application for you. Schedule a getaway with God. So you, so, so leave your phone with someone else. Just take your Bible and your notebook and a pen and go separate yourself for a day. I've done this in that little library room you can reserve in the library. 
I've done this at a friend's bed and breakfast where I just got it for the day. I've taken, I rode my bike out far enough out where there's no one else and just sat at a picnic table all day. Got to take your backpack and like the pros and cons to all these. Okay, but every year I do a getaway with God. And the reason why is because of Harold Finch. Anyone heard of Harold Finch? Harold Finch, uh, he was part of a think tank. He actually did a project for NASA. He, he's the one that figured out how to get the Apollo spacecraft to the moon because it's like burning hot over here and freezing cold over there and the part wouldn't work. And so he figured out if you'd make it rotate like a rotisserie chicken, then the heat is even and it's able to dissipate. Like Harold Finch was a world-class level scientist. He's an engineer. And uh, <clears throat> he went and he had a getaway with God and he just took his Bible and his notebook and he just went and he prayed and he said, Lord, you know, here I am. What would you have me to do? And God, God answered that question. And he said, I want you to leave science and I want you to go into education. Harold's like, oh, I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe that question. No, he didn't say that. He said, yes, Lord. And he left science, which is crazy at that level, but he did. And then he got a PhD in education. And he's the one that got Johnson County Community College set up in time. Like he was over the development of what is one of the largest and most successful junior colleges in, in the world. And God used Harold to do that. Now, there's processes that follow the decision to do what the Lord said. And so Harold goes and does his getaway with God. Man, Lord, thank you so much for what you've done and how you've used that. Lord, what would you have me to do? And God answered that question. You know what God told him? I want you to leave education and go into business. Harold's like, I don't know anything about business. God's like, I know, but I do. So Harold goes and, and he, he figured, I think I, I just want to do, uh, Eric, what do you call it? A franchise. Like someone else has already proven an idea works. I just want to jump in and I'll do a franchise of something that's already been successful. And he started uh, a, a company and it turned into one of the top 500 most success, successful franchisees, French franchises in the country. And he sold that and he sent 1,200 short-term missionaries around the world, started another business, did the same thing. Goes and has a getaway with God. God's like, I want, I want you to, I want you. So, so Harold was doing like marketing at this point. He, he had a marketing company that he started and he was going around to speaking to business because he's a successful businessman. So he's speaking to people all over the world. And it's like, oh, yeah, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to quit all that. I want you to make a movie. So Harold makes a movie. It's called Unlimited. Like, like you can you can watch this movie. Harold's successes and varied backgrounds got him to do success training. He spoke to hospitals, Fortune 500 companies, Congresses, Supreme Courts. He would go all over the world 
and share his secrets of success book that he wrote. And then he would preach the gospel. He would say this, this concludes our seminar on how to be successful. Thank you for coming. This is the official end of our seminar. However, if you want to know how to have spiritual success, stick around. And he said, no one ever left. And he would lay out the gospel and it's estimated he's won 20, 30,000 people to Christ. Business leaders, Supreme Court, just senators, people from all over the world. And when I heard Harold tell this story, here's what stuck in my mind. Ready? Harold had getaways with God. And he went in with the understanding that whatever the Lord showed him, he was going to do. Wow, praise the Lord. So my recommendation, if you don't know your course clearly, then you need to go get the download. Just take your Bible, take a notebook and a pen, and just go ask God to give you your course, or if there's course corrections, to show you what it is that you need to know. What is your course? Okay, because you can't finish your course if you don't know what it is. All right, let's go on. Key question number two. What is our finish line? We know what the race is. We know we need to figure out our course in it. Are you guys, what are you thinking about that? What are you thinking about getting your, your getaway with God? Sound like a good plan, good application everyone can do? Can I tell you real quick before we move on, can I tell you about my getaway with God last year? So it was on the 24th of January. I try to do it in January every year. It was the 24th of January. And I called my sister-in-law who has a bed and breakfast and she let me go stay there for the day. I cleaned up after myself, you know. She let me use it for free and I was just sitting there at the table and I really just felt like I needed to start with worship. And I needed to start with confession and just make sure as I get ready to enter the throne room for a whole day, <laughs> like there's nothing, nothing there. So I just, I'm praising. And I'm confessing I'd separated myself on the 24th of, of, of January to get alone with God. And I just went to my daily reading, the next chapter in my daily reading. And it happened to be Nehemiah chapter 9, which starts with, like this. Now, in the 20 and fourth day of the month, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting, with sackcloths and earth upon them. And the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. And they stood up in their place and read in the book of the law of the Lord their God one fourth part of the day and another fourth part confessed and worshiped the Lord their God. So I'm not suggesting that we need that sort of affirmation for something to be valid. But, but God was just so affirming. He was gracious to me because I'm dumb enough to overcomplicate, overthink, and like all miss obvious things. And God, like, 
every year God has been faithful to just lead me and direct me and guide me and be affirming. And if there's course corrections or, or a next step, he's been faithful. So anyway, that has been a key factor for me in in my walk. I I there's uncertainty. Yes, sir. Yeah, so the question is, how do I structure that time? So the thing that I do is I carve out the whole day. And I, it's like, Christine, can you babysit my phone? Okay. And I go and I take as long as it takes. My goal is to listen. <laughs> okay. I'm a lot better at talking than I am listening. My poor wife. Okay, but my goal is to go and just to hear from the Lord. And so I, I start with just my daily reading. You know, I, I try not to make it too mystical, like close my eyes and it's like, God wants me to, King Solomon was king over Israel. Yes, I'm going to be king. Like, you know, so I just go with my daily reading. But I start with prayer and I start with a, a, a posture that says, you know, Lord, I'm asking because I need to know. But before you show me anything, my answer is yes, Lord. I'll, I'm going to, like, I'm going to do whatever you show me. And then, so in that particular passage in Nehemiah, it talks about how they spent their day. A fourth of the time was worship, and a fourth of the time was prayer. And a fourth of the time, and so they went through, and it shows them how to do that. So I actually structured that day based on that passage and that's one of the things that god showed me is mornings are for god so i'm i'm full-time pastor here i still work some shifts in the er as a physician to keep my my license active but i'm full-time here and, and and one thing this is the main thing that god showed me mornings are for god so i get up and do my quiet time i exercise but then from from nine to noon it's worship and prayer my goal is half the time is prayer and worship. The other half is studying in God's word. Then I take a break for lunch and then afternoons for admin. And evenings, it's family time, corporate prayer, meetings, Bible study, discipleship, whatever. I, I need to figure out what, you know, needs are at home and that sort of a thing. But that's one thing that God showed me. But to answer your question, I, I, I don't have a, a formula for, for, but I set aside the whole day. And I just meet with God till I'm done. And usually it doesn't take me the whole day. Because God is not far. He's near. His word's on the tip of our tongue. And if we have the right posture, a lot of times he'll, he'll just show us that. But good question. Okay, let's talk about our finish line. What's our finish line look like? Is it retirement? Is it the rapture? Is it the judgment seat of Christ? Is our finish line the grave? Okay, if you don't know what your finish line is, it's going to be pretty hard to, to finish strong because you're just guessing, right? Okay, so let, let's talk about it. Is it retirement? You would think so. As much time as we think about retirement, as much planning. I have a uh, financial advisor who helps me focus on retirement. 
okay? A lot of us have that. There's commercials on TV nonstop about it. We have all these things focusing on our retirement. And you would think at the finish line, based on how much time and effort that goes into that particular topic, which we should be wise stewards, right? Um, however, no, it is not our finish line. That is a physical, carnal reality that, that we need to take care of. Okay, what about the rapture? Is the rapture our finish line? No. Understand dispensationally that the church is, is a called out assembly. It's a group of people who have been given a mission by God to go to teach, to baptize, to, to disciple, to train leaders and send until we've sent the gospel around the whole world and then we've reproduced God's image and his blessing through spiritual reproduction all over the globe. But in the end of the church age, there's a great falling away. Church is, is lukewarm, it's tepid. The Lord wants to spew it out of his mouth because we think we're rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, but really, we're what? Like, like wretched, poor, blind, naked, weak. Like, like we're, the church does not actually do a very good job of fulfilling the mission that God has given us. And just like every other steward throughout human history, as we study dispensationalism, we see that the steward ends up failing. There's only one hero, one person that gets it right. Who is that? The Lord Jesus Christ. The rapture is the end of the church age where God takes us out. Okay, but it's not our finish line. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll see this in, in a verse in just a minute. Okay, go next. Is it the judgment seat of Christ? I would say no. The judgment seat of Christ is the award ceremony. We're going to see in just a minute, though, it's, it's not the finish line. If you do a race, then, then everybody finishes, and then they do the award ceremony. They hand out the medals to all the people that, that won their age groups or won the overall race, right? The judgment seat of Christ is like the award ceremony. It's not the finish line. It comes after that. Is it the grave? No. Jesus said it is finished before he entered the grave, didn't he? Paul said that he had finished his course before he died. In fact, I want to show you this verse because, because it, 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 let's go on to the next slide here. Here we go. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse, verse 5 through, through 8 here. Paul says, Watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Finish it. Complete your ministry. Make full proof of it. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. Here it is. I have finished my course. Now, is Paul dead yet? So it's not the grave. Had Paul been to the judgment seat yet? No, it's not the judgment seat. Had Paul been raptured out? No, it's not the rapture. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but also them that love his appearing. There's That's, that's the award ceremony. Okay, so we don't want to be like Abel, Abel Mute, 
Abel Mute was a Kenyan. He was an Olympic. Uh, uh, he won like bronze in the 10,000 meter. He was, he was a long distance runner. And he was running at the Berlada cross country race in Northern Spain in 2012. Kind of a famous story. He's running along and he kicked it in at the end. And this Olympic medalist, no surprise, created some space and was going to win the race. However, he didn't read Spanish. So he, he misread the signs and he thought he crossed the finish line. So he's like, stops. Like he's stopping, he's walking. Like, yeah, and everyone's yelling in Spanish. Vaya, 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 whatever they're yelling. And he's like, yay, like, like, you know. And here comes Ivan Fernandez, the Spanish runner who was in second place. And he comes up behind Abel and he's like, grabs him and he's like, no, look, we got to finish. And he pushes him actually in front of him across the finish line. And that's why this is a famous story because the guy in second place could have won, but he didn't. He's, and then people were like, why didn't you win? He's like, this guy killed me. This guy was a winner. He just didn't understand where the finish line was. I wouldn't have felt right like winning the race and being like, I'm faster, you know. But we do not want to be like him. We don't want to be like the guy who doesn't know where the finish line is. In fact, it is possible to not complete our course. Okay, so go on to the next slide. Our finish line is the completion of our courses. Paul said, I'm ready to be offered. My departure is at hand because I've completed my course. I'm done. I did what the Lord sent me here to do. Okay. Man, that's good to know. I need to have that getaway with God. I need to hear from him what it is I'm supposed to finish before I end up like two of friends, runners, right, uh, racers who get in a wreck because the guy next to him slid his bike into him, fell down and broke their collarbone, and they're done. And 10 years of training and thousands of dollars, like, it's all over. They did not finish. Okay, so so you don't want to be like me at the last race I did with Jeff Grasher. So we did the, the Lake Olathe Triathlon. The storms were coming. Like, you could see the clouds, but it's like, man, we all trained for this? Like, we want to do it anyway. So we, we did it. You swim in the lake, you get on the bike, and it's super hilly bike course. And then you, you run, and it's kind of a hilly run course too. So we all, it's like, ready, go. We got our timing chips on. And we're, we're like, I swam, and that's, that's fun. I don't mind that part. Bike was super hilly. I didn't know what to expect. So I, was, I wasn't going super fast on the bike. But then we got on the run, and it's like, I'm just like, oh. It's so hilly. So I get up this hill and I'm getting ready. You turn around and you get to come back down. And I get ready to turn around and they're like, hey, you're done. I'm like, I'm not done. I just did the hard part. I got to turn around. They're like, no, no, no. There was some lightning. The storm's coming in. We're all going to get rained on. The race is over. Go back. So I still had to run back to where the bike was and everything. I just didn't get across the finish line. You know what that's called? DNF. So if you look up race results, Jeff Grasher got 26. He did great because he finished because he was faster than me. 
I, my, my place, uh, you don't get a place because you did not finish because the storm came in and you were too slow. Whining about the hills and going slow on my bikes. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't run a smart race. I didn't run my hardest. So I didn't get a, it's okay. You look so sad. No, it's okay. Like, like I'll try again. So what, so that's what our finish line is. Okay, now, I'm only okay because next time, I know that course now. Next time I know how I'm going to run that race a little bit smarter. But as we look at our finish line, the completion of our courses, I, I want to kind of paint a picture on what else is our finish line. So let's go. The finish line is the end. Okay. There is no room for next time. So, so think about running a race and you, you, you can see the finish line now. And you know that, that it's just, you just have this much farther. There's no room for next time. We, we, we talk about next time. We, we, we do that a lot. Like, you know, if I would do that again, I'd buy Bitcoin, you know. I, if, if I could do that again, I, I wouldn't take it easy on the bike, not knowing what to expect. If I, if I had to do that again, I wouldn't have said that. And we always think and live, listen, as if there's a next time. But when you see the finish line, it's like that's the end of my race. There is no next time. There's only this distance left between here and there. And I can kind of hear the crowd, like that music playing or something. Like there's going to be chocolate milk and bananas and a participation medal. Like, wow, oh, I'm going to be done running. I'm so tired. I just want to end. Like, the finish line is, there's no more next time. It's just here and there. And I may not have started very strong. Didn't start super strong. I might not have run a perfect race in the middle of it. I haven't run a perfect race. But you know what I can do? I forget about this whole next time mentality and i can give it my all there is no more next time there's no more saving it there's no more redos it's just here to there just make sense it changes my attitude okay so let's go on there's no more room for last time like like we it's kind of the same mentality we have this way that we live our life as if as if like um, it's this it is in terms of sanctification and maturation it's kind of we have this ongoing process well you know last time i ran the race i i i, I did it this way next time i you know it's it's kind of the same mentality but but we live in a world in which we make excuses for ourselves <clears throat> you know last time there was a storm and i didn't get to finish yeah jeff finished some people finished. I just didn't finish. Because I'm 40 pounds overweight. I've lost 20, by the way. Lost 20 pounds. Got 20 more to go. Time and chance. Yes, right, exactly. So, so look, don't worry about next time. Don't worry about last time. It's the end of our course. 
It's a time to focus. Don't worry about everything that went behind. I don't care how you started. Here you are. I don't care that the middle of your course was bumpy. I know you've been through stuff. There's been a thousand jumping off points that you didn't take, and here you are. So what you have left is to finish strong. And that's such a good story. Like when Mo Farrow was running the 10,000 meters, okay, world-class race, and he's running. He's so good. He's so fast. He ran for, uh, for Britain. And he's running, and it's time to, to really kick it in, and he gets spiked, he gets tripped, he gets knocked down. Well, at that level, getting knocked down for any period of time, you're out of it, right? And you can see he looks up, and there's like this, this decision. Man, this race is over. But you know what? Like, he gets up, and he runs, and he comes back, and he wins it. That is such a good story. That's one they make the movies out of. They don't make the movies out of the guy who just like, it's easy. They make the movie out of the person that fell down, but then they finish strong at the end. And that's what we're talking about. When we see that finish line and I see it for what it is, and I know what God's given me to do, and I haven't finished it yet, but I am going to focus on finishing strong. Okay, next slide. Our finish line. It's a marker to the sprint. Okay, it's, it's time to sprint. Because there is no more guaranteed time. Time and chance happens to us all. And I can say that that storm is the reason I didn't finish. I mean, I would have finished had the storm not been there eventually. Okay. What do they call it? The sag wagon. So, so they have to open the park back up at some point. So there's a guy in his truck. Like, and he's like, sorry climb in you didn't you didn't meet the fuck like we got to open the park back up it's one o'clock in the afternoon and you're still straggling along like there's the sag you got to stay ahead of the sag wagon to finish i would have finished but it really wasn't the storm it was really my physical condition didn't race smart wasn't prepared so i i've got a dnf on my race transcript which is is not like like i'm not a I'm not good at these races. I just do them to try to stay in shape. So it's, But there's no guarantee that there won't be a storm. So is the rapture the finish line? Yes or no? Might the rapture come before you finish? Is the grave the finish line? Might the grave come before you finish your course? Okay. Get away with God. Figure out, knowing your knower, what is your course. And once you see that finish line, it is time to focus. It's time to sprint. Don't worry about how you started. Don't worry about the middle of the pack. Finish strong. I think the rapture is coming soon. Have you guys seen the clouds building? You can't miss it. Oh, my goodness. The, the news is, is like reading out of, out of Scripture on all the things that are going to happen before the end. Okay, let's go on. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. <clears throat> Wherefore, seeing we, are, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him 
endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So here, here's, here's, here's how we're going to finish out this point here. So um, go to the next slide for me. Finishing strong is possible for all of us, but so is getting a DNF. And at the DNF, the award ceremony, it's like, I'm like happy for Jeff. Good job, Jeff. Way to go. And I'm just like standing back there with my chocolate milk. <laughs> what a sad picture. I don't want the judgment seat of Christ to be me back there going, good job, Joe. Just like, no white robe, no ice have, no crowns. Because, like, some storm came. No, because I did not focus on finishing the course that has been set before me. Okay, so next slide. There we go. There's Mike Renault and Brian Clark finishing strong or DNFing. I don't know. They don't look like Mike's wearing his, like, business casual outfit. I don't know how serious he is about running in that particular picture, but. Our Graylin Reese 5K that we do here, that's what they were doing. They did one in Boston. They did one in Costa Rica. They, 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 this is spread to, to different places. Okay, next slide. So here's the application. Okay, focus on completing your course before your term runs out. Your, your time is your term. Okay, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. The rapture could come. So, so listen. Finish your course before your term runs out. This this has been convicting for me. I know what my course is. I, I have some things still like to get in place before I before I make full proof of the different things that I'm doing in my life. So this has been really helpful for me. It's been clarifying for me as I prepared this for this. So, okay. All right. Last thing, number three. Who not what, is what matters most regarding our finish line. So we've tried to identify what is our finish line, and then what maybe what does it look like a little bit? What should our attitude be as we see that finish line? But more important than those things is the who, not so much the what. And, and so Hebrews chapter 2, we, we've looked at it like three times. Looking unto... Jesus, the author. Okay, so look, Jesus is the one who put you in the race. We started with maybe this thought, like, I didn't sign up. No, you got signed up. Like Kylie got signed up by Jeff. You got signed up by Jesus. He is the author of your faith. He, You are in Christ's stead being a minister of reconciliation. Okay, so, so Jesus is the one who put us in this race. Therefore, we should run the race accordingly. Okay. Now, Jesus is also with us in our course. I think about Paul. Paul, who, who was talking about, I've not yet apprehended. I haven't got a hold of all this yet. All right. But I'm also apprehended. I'm being apprehended. It's like Jesus is trying to get a hold of me as I try to get a hold of Jesus. And I know that he dwells within me. And I know he's with me. And, and, and all things are 
of God and through God and to God. Hebrews 11, 36, 26. Okay, 36. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. So the origin, the origin of your race is, is Christ. Now, Christ is working in and through you. He's like that coach who's running along beside you, like, come on, let's go. You can do it. I'm with you. Okay, but he's also at the finish line. So Jesus is with us at the finish line. Okay, so I want to just say this is a like the cheesiest picture ever, but okay, go ahead. So Jesus is with you in your course. Next. Like there he is. I I I have learned to picture Christ in my at my finish line. And it's not so much that. Okay. It's cheesy, but it's more like, you know, the pictures of Jesus where he's like reaching down in the water or those hands are protecting a little kid or something like that. The, the happy Jesus paintings. Have you seen those? You know what I'm talking about? I think of it like that. Because sometimes, you guys, I get tired. I don't know about you. If you ever get weary and well-doing, if you ever get discouraged, if your joints ever hurt and weather like this, whatever. Like like I'm, I'm I'm mixing real running with with the metaphor of the Christian life and the course we've been given. But here's what helps me more than anything, more than thinking about being ashamed at the judgment seat of Christ, more than thinking about being rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ, is thinking about Jesus at the finish line. I know he set me on the path. I know he's with me, but if I can picture in my mind Jesus at the finish line, if he's saying, you can do it, come on, finish strong, then guess what? I don't care if my knees hurt. I don't care if I'm tired. I don't care if I, if I don't get enough sleep. I don't care if it, it, all these discouragements. And yeah, I'm not good at running, but you know what? I am going to run the course that is set before me. I'm going to quit worrying about those things which are behind. I'm going to quit worrying about next time, perfectionist, hello. Just run the course and focus on finishing what God's given you to do before time and chance or the rapture happens to us. What if we don't get to meet next year because Christ comes back? Man, praise the Lord. But you know what would be kind of bad is if we're all standing in line at the judgment seat. Like, hey, Dad, did you finish your course? And the answer is not, no, I didn't. Hey, Phyllis, did you finish your course? Yeah, no, I died. Got hit by a car. Remember that? Oh yeah, I do remember that. Hey, Eric Phillips, did you finish your course? Like, yeah, I did. I finished my course. Like, like, what if? Like, let's all finish our courses, and then when we're standing in line, like we're also gonna be so happy. Man, I don't know. Okay. So, application. 
Sorry for the cheesy picture. I said, like, oh, actually, back. This is next time. Okay. So here's the application. It's in your handout. <clears throat> Learn to look unto Jesus by picturing him at your finish line. Because isn't that what Hebrews, go, but go back one slide for me, Patrick. Go back to the Hebrews verse. Okay. Looking unto Jesus, the author, but, but you're not looking back at the beginning of your course when he authored it. You're looking unto him, the finisher. Now, there's the finished work application we'll talk about tomorrow. But we're looking at, at him as we finish, the finisher of our faith. So you, need, you're, you are actually instructed to look him in that way so learn to do that learn to picture your finish line and jesus is there and he's telling you all the things that he's already told you i am with you i am for you you can do all things through me lay aside the weights Hide the sin and just run. Focus on the things that, that are above where Christ sits at the right hand. You guys, does this make sense? Okay, so Paul said in Philippians 3.12, Not as though I had already attained or were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. I'm trying to get a hold of Christ as he gets a hold of me, the things of God. I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Here's the focus. Forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark, the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded, and if any other thing, if in, if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this even unto you. So that's it. That's what I have for content this morning. Um, I thank God for you. When, when, when we gather together like this, it's, it's the people who haven't quit who are still here. Now there's other people who are in other sessions, people who are sick, people who are working. But I know this for a fact, you have a backstory. I know it hasn't been easy. I know it hasn't always been fun. I know there's been jumping off points where you could have, and, and from a humanistic standpoint, it makes sense that you would have quit already. But you have, and I thank God for you, for the course that, that you've run. And I, and I thank God that he's given us what we need to know to be able to finish strong. We hope this message was a blessing to you. If you're interested in learning more about the Living Faith Fellowship, visit lffellowship.com. God bless.